0: Hey, how you doing? My name is Michael. I'm your host. Welcome to the FBTV Video Podcast. I should say the FBTV Animated Video Podcast. If you're viewing this uh, video podcast or the video podcast portion (laughs) of the podcast via the insider, you know what I'm talking about. If not, well, you got to be an insider to see it. I don't know. we're, we're, We're playing around. Something... Something fun to do. Something different. It is June 9th. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. A lot of things going on in the world. And one thing we're going to be talking about, the big topic of the day, is H.R. 3684. The Invest in America Act. And... If it passes, the way it is already designed, the way it's laid out, spelled out in the bill itself... How many pages is this this, uh, bill? I saw it here a minute ago. 1,200 pages. And hopefully this time, our elected leaders will read it first, as opposed to other things they never read and vote on anyway. But uh, this bill... If it's passed the way it is written now, and they don't do anything to fix it, there's no telling how many trucking companies will be put out of business overnight. It's scary. You need to pay attention. Matter of fact, we're going to be, our client's going to get a newsletter talking about this bill exclusively coming up uh, here in the next uh, 24 hours or so. It's the Invest in America Act, uh, pouring money back into uh, the United States to fix things such as roads and bridges and things like that. Matter of fact, it's uh, what 547 billion dollar highway bill, and uh, one of the things he's going to focus on too is parking. Parking for big trucks always been a shortage, and. Yeah, I agree with that. There, you know, but the thing is, it's not going to be. You're, you're just not going to have enough. You're, you're never going to have enough parking spaces for big drives. It's just not going to happen. I know when I was driving, you, uh, you did what you could, and the states found ways to ticket you for doing. I got a hundred and fifty dollar parking ticket in Tennessee one time. <laughs> I had parked on a ramp. I never I never parked on uh, off ramps I only parked on the on ramps and my thinking there was okay somebody come off the interstate at 65 70 75 miles an hour if they lose control yeah they're 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 gonna hit a brick wall if they hit my truck but if I'm on the on ramp that's where people are you know building up their speed so if they do lose control and somehow hit my truck they won't be going at highway speed. At least that was my thoughts. Well, <clears throat> over in Tennessee, I, I forget where it was. I, I really do. It was, uh, it, it was on. Uh, it was west of Nashville. I remember that. And uh, I it was two, three o'clock in the morning, man. I could barely hold my eyes open. There were no <laughs> truck stops were full that time in the morning on ramps off ramps everything was full but i found a spot it was on the on ramp i pulled off got behind the truck climbed back in my sleeper and crashed until i get that at my door i finally wake up poke my head through the sleeper curtain and lo and behold i see smoky bear (laughs) in his Smoky Bear hat and all. The truck in front of me, where I had parked, it it was blocking the do not park sign, no truck parking sign, so I got a $150 ticket for that. Right, wrong, indifferent. Yeah, you know, I didn't know it was there. Yeah, probably, you know, if I would have known it was there, no, I wouldn't have parked there. That's just begging for a ticket. But the trooper had no empathy whatsoever. And uh, uh, so it's my $150 sleeping ticket. And that's what a lot of this is. I don't believe, I really don't, from driving big trucks for many years, I really don't believe that parking on ramps, if there's room, poses that much of a danger to the public. I think there's more danger to the public if you don't let a truck park on the the, uh, ramp, but that's neither here nor there. So is it a money deal? Probably, isn't everything money anymore? But uh, anyway, we'll be getting to uh, HR three six eight four. We're gonna that's, that's going to be the topic of the day. We'll be talking about that here coming up. There's some crazy things in this bill. Matter of fact, something we've been talking about is hidden in this bill. We've talked about it in the past that auto liability insurance we've talked about. Yeah, we'll be hitting on that. Sleep apnea. Yeah, I got a funny story about that. Well, I say it's funny. It saves lives, I imagine. How did people 100, 200 years ago survive without all these medical tests? I guess they didn't. <laughs> got a and a today, but uh, the Q&A today, people ask all the time, can I use my cell phone as my primary business line? We're going to be talking about that, addressing that as well. Other news, headlines, cow mask. Yes, friends, mask for cows, but but not like, uh, it's not for coronavirus, put it that way. A task force is going to be launched to address bottlenecks in the supply chains. What's causing all the bottlenecks? Well, you'll get my opinion on that. And you're probably thinking the same thing. The government. The government is causing the bottlenecks, and they just don't see it. PETA. P-E-T-A. They're going to be erecting a new billboard to honor what else? Chickens. If you're going to be traveling Highway 99 coming up here in the next uh, few days, going through Sacramento. I better rethink that. Highway 99 through Sac's going to be closed. We'll be talking about that. And yet another cyber attack this time it looks like it was uh, it happened to nevistar happened back uh, last month we're just finding out about it today and uh, we'll, we'll be talking about all that let's talk about the uh, the mask for cows this is about well why not <laughs> you know cargill cargill's backing this cow mask and it's not it's not for COVID coronavirus or anything like that. Believe it or not, it's to trap methane burps. Now, now when I say that, you may be thinking, "Well, how how they're going to put that mask on the back of a cow?" It's it's not going on the back of the cow. It's going on the front. It's a mask. Cargill Inc. going to start selling, ah, there's the keyword, selling methane-absorbing wearable devices for cows, putting its support behind an experimental technology that could help the industry cut greenhouse gas emissions. (laughs) And somebody's going to buy it. You know it. Somebody will buy this stuff. I don't get it. I mean, just how much methane comes out of a cow's mouth. I may be surprised. Maybe more than a... More than uh Nah, there can't be that much. I don't care how much... I don't care how much methane gas is coming out of a cow's mouth. I, I, I would think more is coming out of the other side of the cow, the other end. The mask-like accessory was developed by UK startup Zelp Ltd which claims it can reduce methane emissions by more than half. Cargill said June 1st it expects to start offering the devices to European dairy farmers in 2022. Again, I know people in the UK listen to this, and I hope you're rolling your eyes and shaking your head too, like I am. But anyway, and probably a lot of people here in the States. Anyway, the companies haven't set a price yet, but Zelp says an annual subscription fee may start at about Eighty dollars a cow. So I guess they're gonna provide you enough uh, masks to get you through a year at eighty dollars a cow. So if you got ten cows, there's eight hundred bucks. I don't know. Just I don't know why not, right? But uh, I you what are you gonna do? Okay, bottlenecks in supply chains. Bottlenecks in the supply chains. Uh, President Biden to launch a task force to do a study on this. The Biden administration has completed a 100-day review of supply chains and will work. uh, Oh no, no, and will form a task force to address the bottlenecks in the semiconductor, construction, transportation, ding 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 ding, and agriculture sectors. Administration officials said their goal is to increase domestic manufacturing I'm all for that limit shortages of vital goods all for that and reduce a dependence on geopolitical competitors such as China haven't we been kind of yelling that since this coronavirus thing started I mean you know you go back to the coronavirus I'm going to tell you 9-11 happened and I remember it like it was yesterday. I think we all do. If you were around during nine eleven, you remember it. I was brokering full time, and uh, man, I was willing and dealing. I uh, matter of fact, I've I've wrote uh, blogs about this, and I, I when I had the blog going, I used to repost it every nine eleven, but uh, it goes into detail about uh, my day. But but anyway, long story short. 9-11, it was just like any other normal day. I was in my office, I had, you know, phones going off, I had faxes and emails and all that kind of stuff going on, brokering freight, and then all of a sudden everything just died. The phones quit ringing, the emails quit coming in, the fax machines quit getting faxes. It, it was just, it was eerie. It was eerie. And uh, I thought, man, my phone's been turned off. I, th- I really thought something... You know, it happened to my telephone or internet, but everything worked. So I picked up the phone and called the trucking company. And the guy at the trucking company said, man, are you not watching TV? And that's when I found out. What a day. But, uh, you know, with this coronavirus thing and all the shortages that we found out we, we, we didn't have enough masks, and where do we have to get the mask? Exactly where the coronavirus come came from. <laughs> All kinds of things were having to come from China, and they were pretty much cutting us off and doing this and that, whatever it was. And, and then everybody started yelling, no, it wasn't China. It could have been something else, and now they're back to like, yelling China again, which, you know, never doubted it for a moment once they... You know, once the Chinese scientist came out and says, yeah, we goofed, you know, the coronavirus started here, you know, it was pretty much no-brainer. You know, that that's where it started. But, you know, there are people out there that they'll, they'll see the trees but deny there's a forest there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Until they're ready to uh, see the forest. But anyway that's when we started yelling about china hey no no we got to bring manufacturing back Uh, you know uh cotton arkansas i mean he's our guy but he started yelling that and it's just been falling on deaf ears and now the uh this task force okay i'm all for it you know you need, need to bring manufacturing back to the states we cannot be a service only country we've got to make something You've gotta make something. I mean, I think we all grew up that way. Hey, you know, we gotta make something. Yes, there are service sector industries. I mean freight brokering, that's a service sector. Uh trucking it's a service sector, but it keeps the country moving. You stop trucks, nobody's gonna eat. Just pretty much that simple. Okay. So yeah, we gotta we gotta bring back manufacturing from China. You know, we should have never run it off in the first place. You know, when we ran it off, that's uh, that's when things started getting squirrely. But anyway, I'm glad they're doing something. But sometimes something is just common sense. That uh, you know why you waited so long to do it. Fuel price is up, but that's pretty much normal. We all expected that. Three twenty-seven for diesel, up two cents from last week. Gasoline, three o three, up a penny from last week. And don't expect that to change anytime soon. Navistar, speaking of fuel and the pipeline, you know, this has happened. Uh, the pipeline got hacked. And they paid their four, however, million, whatever it was, which I don't get. But okay. How did we do it? How how did they ever get by without computers when it came to picking up and delivering fuel? Did you hear about that deal up in Illinois? There's a couple of drivers on the tanker. A couple of drivers on the tanker. I just read about this this morning. Uh, they had been uh, all in fuel. Couldn't figure out why. All of a sudden, the flow just wasn't... You know, it wasn't... Pumping off correctly, like it was stopped up or something. And they inspected and come to find out there was a body inside the tanker. Uh, no Well, they did ident- identify the guy. He's 29 years old. He didn't work for the trucking outfit nor the tanker outfit. He did work for a BP station up in that area somewhere. He had been missing for 10 days. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they... Uh, if that tanker delivered fuel to that BP station where he worked. And how do you fall into a tanker? When I was a kid growing up, you know, we had tank. My, my my daddy had a service station, a scaling station, and back when they were real gas service stations. Full service, you know, TBA, tires, batteries, and accessories. You pull in, we would fill you, the car up, we'd, check under the hood, check the tires. Yeah, I did that a lot when I was a kid. But anyway, the tanker trucks would come in, and uh, you'd always, you know, somebody from the station, a lot of times me, climb up on top of the tanker, inspect it to make sure there was really fuel in it. Well, you know, full, like it was supposed to be. And in addition to that, we would stick the tanks, you know, that were in the ground. You know, you had a big or long stick, you'd throw it down through there and measure how, how much fuel was in it. The measure again. Anyway, just that kind of thing. But And I even pulled tankers. Okay, now, you know, what I pulled... I didn't pull fuel, but I pulled chicken fat. But we used the same type tanker to haul the chicken fat. And how... You know, it just must have big openings up on top because it, it just... I, I guess they were, you know, big enough to... You know, somebody could get down through there, but... I don't know. It's just amazing. Amazing. PETA, PETA, in the news again. They're going to be erecting another billboard. And if you ever pay keep up with PETA, you know they do this quite a bit. Matter of fact, they did it just down the road from us, where we are here in Arkansas uh, a while back. Going to be placed on a billboard near the site of a recent big rig accident involving chickens. This accident happened June 1st in Goshen, Indiana. The big truck took a turn, causing the straps securing the chicken cages in place to snap. The broken straps allowed cages to fall fall I'm not laughing. It's a terrible thing. (laughs) Fall off the trailer, killing some of the chickens. And this is the terrible part. It traumatized others. That's according to PETA. (laughs) Lord knows a traumatized chicken... Is going to be tough eating. You know, you, you traumatize a chicken, that meat's just going to be so tough. You might have to brine it for a couple of days. Speaking of which, I will be smoking a chicken later today. Matter of fact, it's in the brine in the refrigerator right now. So, <laughs> But yeah, that traumatized chicken meat, you know, you get that for half price. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you're going up uh, Highway 99, I traveled that road so many times when I was driving down in California. Highway 99 around Sacramento. They're calling it the worst closure ever. It's going to be starting Friday. It's a construction project, obviously. Two seasons in trucking. You got winter and construction. Uh, anyway, the construction project, it's going to fully close a four-mile section of Highway 99 through Sac, Sacramento. It's going to begin on Friday night, and officials are warning locals to, quote, brace themselves. It's California, man. You got to warn them. Hey, the, the four mile the highway is going to be closed. Get ready. Better call your shrink now. Make the appointment. <laughs> Shouldn't be that way. Okay, it's too early. I need more coffee, maybe. The closure will occur Friday, June 11th at 8 p.m. It's going to. Last until wednesday june 16th at 4 a.m it's going to be uh, four miles of highway 99 from 47th avenue to the highway 50 interchange it's going to be happening in both directions so reroute if you got to go up that far reroute i used to go to fresno all the time fresno california when i was driving A company there called vendo v-e-n-d-o they made coke machines Well, Dr. Pepper and Pepsi and all those kind of machines too, but you get it, vending machines. Soda pop machines. They were nice, full trailer, 53-foot trailer, maybe weigh about twenty-six, twenty-seven thousand 27,000 pounds, and uh, go cross-country with them. Matter of fact, next time you walk up to a soda pop machine or Coca-Cola machine or Pepsi, look, see if it's not made by Vendo. You know, most of them were. They were, I think back when I was hauling, this is a while back, I think there were like two, maybe three companies in the country that made vending machines. Maybe wrong about that, but I think that's what I was told one time. All right. What else we got to talk about here? We're going to get to the uh, Invest in America Act here in just a little bit. We've talked about the cow mask. Talk about that, talk about that, talk about that. All right. One more have to talk about. Then we'll get to the uh, question of the day. And we'll get to the uh, Invest in America Act. Navistar's IT system struck by a cyber attack. Uh it happened last month, but U.S. truck maker Navistar disclosed here in the last couple of days that the company had fallen victim to a cyber security attack. They announced this uh, on Monday. Navistar said they had learned of a credible potential cyber security threat to its uh, information technology system. That happened back on May twentieth. In a filing with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, Navistar said the company launched an investigation and undertook immediate action to respond to the attack, engaging internal and external exports, exports, experts to help respond. Navistar says the company uh, systems remain fully operational. company says that on May 31st, they received a claim that certain data had been extracted from their IT systems. Navistar says that they are working with law enforcement and third-party cybersecurity experts Not exports, but experts (laughs) to address that threat. All right. Well, we got a couple other things we talk about, but we need really to get to the question of the day and bring you up to date on the uh, Invest in America Act because that's got to be stopped. You have got to pick up the phone. You got to write your political leaders that this has just got to be stopped or you think pri- inflation is bad now yeah shut down maybe half the trucking industry if not more over this one little thing in this uh legislation and they'll do it too okay question uh, of the day where'd it go cell phones all right can i use my cell phone as my primary business line now i get asked this question quite a bit More times than not from a broker agent, but occasionally there'll be a broker out there starting their own brokerage, getting their own authority, they'll ask the same question. If you're an agent, okay, well first of all, the pat answer is no. It's not a good idea to use a cell phone as your primary business line. Matter of fact, I always tell my clients, Never give your cell phone out to anybody. Not a shipper not a carrier, not a driver. Because after business hours, there's nothing you can do about a problem anyway that won't wait till the next morning. You know, if the truck has a flat tire or they break down, they're going to be late for delivery. There's nothing you can do about it at 2 o'clock in the morning. You got to have everyone at their desk. Dispatcher, to your customer, you know, whoever you deal with at the shipping, the, the receiver of the load, they got to be at their desk. So, no reason to give anybody your cell phone number. Now, once you go down that slippery path, you're using their cell phone, the only chance you have of getting peace after business hours is changing your cell phone number. Okay. Now, the other thing about cell phones, the battery will go dead. It will go dead, period. And, you know, anytime, any more. You can do a search on, you know, back search on the uh, internet for a phone number, and it's going to tell you if it's a cell phone or not. It will tell you. And uh, while we're on the subject, why do people think that a business line can receive text messages? Yeah, we'll talk about that another day. You know, if anyway, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, got got a big announcement coming up here in two or three weeks as far as Toa goes, and uh, we'll talk about it more then. But uh, yeah, basically, and now if you're a freight broker, obviously you need a business phone. Now what we recommend is a VoIP phone, and there's tons of them. If you want to look at one, get an idea of what I'm talking about, Ring Central, R I N G C E N T R A L dot com. That's uh, the one I'm familiar with. The one Taltoa's used. As a matter of fact, the story I share with clients is the back at the recession. The the recession, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. We were paying Ma Bell, I don't know, four or five, six hundred bucks a month for our phone system. It was expensive, and uh, when the recession hit, we had to cut back. And one of the ways we cut back was on our phones. We had to get rid of that 400 four or five six hundred bucks a month deal, and we came across Ring Central. Now back in these days, uh, V O I P phones were coming around. It was a new technology, but everything was new back then. But uh, everybody understood V O I P, and that's how Skype worked, and everybody knew about Skype. It, you know, the calls would disconnect. It, it was awful. The It sounded like you were talking in a barrel. It, it was, you know, the VOIP type system back then. And, and when I found out we were going to VOIP service, I, I was a little leery. Not only were we going VOIP, we were having to order phones, VOIP phones, and we were getting them from the company as well. And in my head, I had this idea that it was going to be like Skype, you know, it, it was going to be terrible connections. And I really figured the uh, telephone would be a Fisher-Price type phone. And I'll tell you right now, I, I was impressed. A matter of fact, this is probably one of the best business phones I've ever had. It has been on my desk uh, at Taltura since since we got it you know what 10 11 12 13 years ago and knock on wood it just keeps on ringing <laughs> it keeps on dialing out and the quality is really good so what i'm saying is if you're a freight broker come on man uh, you're you're going to have to let loose that money if you can't afford a phone system even a VoIP phone VoIP phone system starts around 70 bucks a month give or take and that's unlimited you know, with the VoIP phone system, I, I, I know I'm talking about Ring Central, and to be honest with you, uh, yeah, they're they're okay, they're good, but there are, uh, you know, they we don't have any association with them whatsoever. Put it that way, except we use their service. But any 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 VoIP service is going to be comparable. Bottom line, so shop around, get the deal that works for you. But uh, they're all pretty much the same. You're getting your uh, one one main phone number. You're going to get a rollover number. Okay? Or or I should say maybe a rollover line because if you get a, uh, a two-line system, okay, your main number is going to be on line one. Then if somebody calls you while you're on line one or you need to put somebody on hold, you can do that and go to line two and you're going to be able to dial out or receive calls on line two if you're on the phone on line one. It... Uh, It will take a headset, uh, a professional headset, not one of these you plug in your computer. And believe me, when you're doing business as a professional, you want to sound professional. You don't want to. You don't want to sound like you know. You want to sound clear and crisp and all that. You 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 don't want to sound like this. You get the idea. Perceptions, reality. You want your customer to perceive you. As a professional, your phone system does that. And, and don't use the speakerphone. Okay, you're getting me off on a tangent here. Uh, speakerphones are so, you know, you, you never know what you sound like when you're using a speakerphone. And I, 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 I uh, you know, I, I bet half a dozen times a week I'm talking on the phone, I have to tell somebody, hey, you got to get off the speakerphone. I cannot make out what you're saying. Make it easy on your customer. But anyway, <laughs> get a headset you know because you'll have hands free anyway but if you can't afford a vip phone system 70 bucks a month you can't afford to be your own freight brokerage working under your own authority i mean that, that's bottom line so the uh, agent yeah if you're just getting started you're trying to keep the overhead low yeah absolutely you know, but you want to get, even as an agent, you want to get out of that landline thing or or cell phone thing and get over to the uh, VOIP or landline. I, I think even Ma Bell does VOIP. Do they even have true telephone lines anymore? I was looking the other day and it, I was really confused. And uh, I'll tell you that story later. All right, let's get into, uh, again, that story will be coming up in about three or four weeks when we make our. Major announcement, but uh, Invest in America Act. The House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure this past Friday introduced a new $547 billion highway bill draft called the Invest in America Act, which contrasts with the Senate highway bill proposal in a few key areas. The bill proposes spending $1 billion for a grant program to address the shortage of parking for uh, CMVs, commercial vehicles, big trucks. An increase in the minimum amount of insurance required for commercial motor vehicles, you get this, from 750000 which is the minimum now for uh, auto liability, to $2 million. $2 million. which the FMCSA would be required to adjust for inflation every five years. That is a huge problem. We've been talking about this, that uh, this all started uh, a couple of years ago. I can't remember the names, but I know uh, the, the, the official, the senator or congressman or whatever he was, he introduced the bill to raise that minimum uh, requirement from seven fifty to two million, and come to find out, his family owned a law firm, and and guess what they specialized in? Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> trucking accidents. So you know they yeah you know, they get that up. They get more money out of the insurance company, and it's been picked up again. And again, and I'm, I'm, it's wrong. I mean, come on. You know, most trucking companies today, they carry 750, or they don't carry the minimum. They'll carry a million. So they're really wanting to double it, okay, up to 2 million. It's still wrong. I think that's just way too much money. The Senate bill, which passed committee unanimously in May, does not mention truck parking or minimum insurance requirements. Okay, get that? It did not mention it. Other provisions in the uh, house bill would require screening for sleep apnea. (sighs) Place limits on driver's personal conveyance and return CSA scores to the public view. Now, let's talk about sleep apnea. Require screening for sleep apnea? Okay. What clinic or doctor or major medical institution is wanting that requirement? I get it, sleep apnea. Yeah, you you know, you you don't want to die in your sleep. But, uh, you know, it'll keep you from dying in your sleep because it forces air. People that go through that sleep apnea, hey, my hat's off to you. You know, I'm not going to. uh, I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story. Back years ago, my doctor wanted me to uh, go in for sleep apnea study. We're talking, you know, 15 years ago, whatever. And I said, I'm not gonna do it, Doc. He goes, why? Could save your life. I go, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay, so I go into sleep apnea. It's do this study. You find out I've got sleep apnea. I gotta wear the mask at night, so therefore I'm not gonna die in my sleep. I'm walking down the road one day, I walk off the curb and bam, big old Freightliner truck. Could be any truck, I'm just using Freightliner so you get a picture in your head. <laughs> bam, smashes me. I mean I'm dead. I get up to heaven in front of in front of God. I go, God, if all the you know, I got a question, of all the ways to take me why a big truck why a big truck you know squishing me like a fly on a windshield i said i don't want god to look at me and say you know i, I was going to take you in your sleep but... but anyway that's neither here nor there my doctor never brought it up again place limits on drivers personal conveyance and uh, i'm pretty sure that's drivers using their big truck as a personal vehicle and then return csa scores back to public view I don't understand why CSA scores were removed in the first place. Because the CSA, when it was initially it came out back in 2010, that was the purpose. So we could see the scores. So we could have better access to the information about driver safety. Because that's what the C or not driver safety, but carrier, you know, public safety. And see these safety scores so we knew how to rate a carrier. That's what it was all about, you know, because it made issues where uh, shippers were going to actually be responsible, brokers were going to hold some liability as well. Then the uh, FMCSA took down the scores because trucking companies complained, said it wasn't fair. Which made no sense to me because that's exactly what the CSA was for. Anyway, Okay, hats off to OIDA. ATA, you're getting ready to be pounded on here in a minute. The owner-operator, Independent Drivers Association, OIDA, which sometimes I will butt heads with occasionally, fiercely push back Friday. Many of the trucking-related provisions of the House panel, or proposal rather, calling the increase in minimum insurance requirement unnecessary and a poison pill for truckers, and I agree. Everyone knows... This increase will do absolutely nothing to improve safety on our highways and destroy small trucking businesses. That's a quote from Todd Spencer, president and CEO of OIDA. What good is a highway bill when it does more to support the unbridled greed of trial lawyers than truckers? Bingo. Bingo. OIDA also took issue with the bill's sleep apnea screening requirement and bringing back public CSA scores. Applauded the bill for its investment in truck parking. Now, I knew OIDA oh, would go be against CSA scores because they were one of the organizations that yelled the loudest about getting rid of them. It says for years we've been pushing the federal government to take the lead in addressing the number one concern for truckers. Well, I won't just call it number one, they did, but anyway, lack of truck parking. And OIDA says they're pleased. The proposal includes $1 billion to expand capacity. Todd just said we would have left the other junk out. <laughs> He's right. It is junk. The ATA. I don't get this. ATA. Okay, the OIDA. Uh, you know, coming up through the trucking industry. ATA, American Trucking Association... It's pretty much the trade organization for the big trucking companies like JB, Schneider, Swift, all of those, you know. OIDA is for the little guy. Owner, operator, independent drivers, small trucking companies and things like that. So, I'm all for OIDA. I think there should be a counterbalance about the ATA, but get this, ATA, this this is going to show you the true counterbalance. Oh, is totally against this. They're for the parking, but hey, let's get rid of the other junk. Okay, I I totally agree with that. Uh, But the ATA president uh, and CEO, Chris Spear, lauded the Invest America Act as a solid piece of legislation that authorizes a transformative increase in funding for roads and bridges, creating a strong baseline of new investment that aligns with the growing needs of our nation's aging infrastructure noting that ATA supports the bill and will continue working to improve and advance it into law. You see the difference. Again, the ATA knows if they increase and their membership knows, and this is why ATA is not saying a word against the $2 million worth of auto liability, and anybody in trucking knows, well, anybody in business, the liability is where the uh, expense comes in for insurance but uh, and, and the auto liability you've got to have that to get your base plate okay bottom line your tag but not a word about that from uh, ATA and here's why this goes back to the same thing back years ago when the uh, you know the broker bond property broker surety bond went from 10,000 to 75,000 same thing here the ATAs for the big trucking company, they know if they get that uh, auto liability insurance minimum up to $2 million, that's going to shut down a lot of trucking companies overnight. It's going to shut them down. Those, those guys that have those trucks are going to be uh, either selling out or leasing on to one of the bigger trucking companies, and that's exactly what they're wanting to do. That's exactly what they want to happen. And it's just wrong. Either way you look at it, the small trucking companies are going to lose out. Now, you take away the small trucker, you take away the, you know, the two, three, four, one truck outfits, whatever, ten truck outfits, because you got to understand, insurance is not for the company. It's per truck. It's not per company. It's per truck. And, you know, right now... Uh insurance might be six, maybe $7,000 a year per truck. That's all the liability in cargo. And when I say cargo, I'm talking about a million dollars worth of cargo. But the liability is the big expense. Okay. You multiply that, you increase it. Hey, it's just nuts. It's just nuts. Insurance companies were able to bail the brokers out when they took the bond from 10000 to 75000 but they can't belt this out because they're on the hook for it. They're on the hook. They're going to be on the hook. You know, with the property broker surety bond. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have a three thousand dollar claim against a broker's bond. Well, guess what? The broker's got to pay the pay the bonding company back that money. It's not one of these things that. Uh, well, it's insurance. We took a loss. No, it don't work that way. Anyway. This this, if you know any trucking companies or truck drivers, uh, you need to spread the word on this. This cannot pass. Uh, things in the uh, measure, other things kind of highlight them real quick. Uh, increase the minimum insurance requirements on motor carriers from 750,000 to 2 million. that's minimum. Initiate a rulemaking for sleep apnea screenings. That's off the hook. I just don't get that. I mean, off the hook in a bad way. It's not right. Require FMCSA to review its changes of the hours of service rules established in 2020 and to create specific limits on the use of personal conveyance. You know, the logbook rules, they started changing, what, uh, 2004, 2005, and it's still nutty. Require new heavy-duty commercial motor vehicles to be equipped with automatic emergency braking. I'm not real fond of technology like that. I- I'm just not. I mean, when something goes wrong, you know, computers they crash. You know, electronics don't work all the time. I just uh, stuff like that bugs me. Research and consider the feas- feasibility of installing side. Underwrite guards, return CSA scores to public view, create new authority for congestion pricing. Not sure about that one. (laughs) Don't even know what that is, to be honest, but you're going to have to study that a little bit. Just, I don't even want to say what I'm thinking it is because, uh, Just, okay, we're paying these politicians way too much, if it's what I think it is. You know, we had common and contract carrier, and now it's all the same thing. used to be common carrier and contract carrier, two different types of authorities. You chose the authority appropriate for your trucking operation. Now everything's pretty much been, doesn't matter if you're common or contract, it's the same thing. But a new authority for congestion pricing? Eh uh, that sounds not right. But anyway, a twelve hundred page Invest in America Act would include three hundred and forty three billion for roads, bridges, and safety. Hundred and nine billion for transit, ninety five billion for passenger freight and rail. So just about like everything else. The government. They get involved. They're going to screw it up. You know, that goes back to what I was talking about, uh, bottlenecks in the supply chain. It's the government. (laughs) There's your bottleneck right there. It's the government. I mean, you know, I understand we have to have laws we have to have rules and regulations. But when you get into passing rules and regulations and laws just to to benefit somebody's own personal pocketbook or greed. I don't know. That's just not right. All right. You got thoughts on that? Let me know. Let me know. You uh, listening to the podcast via your favorite podcasting app, uh, you can uh, email me. FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com. Got a lot of forms on our website as well email me your questions, comments, whatever you like. Uh, Yeah, we're on Twitter, but we don't use it anymore for well, Twitter just Twitter, Facebook all that social media stuff anymore it's you know, if you don't agree if they don't agree with what you write be it right, wrong, or if it's indifferent to their opinion you know, they're going to ban you so therefore, kind of you know We've got enough problems. Don't need to be worried about having to watch what we write. (laughs) Anyway. All right. That's going to wrap it up on this podcast, FBTV podcast. And, uh, yeah, I know if you're watching on the FBTV Insider, it was kind of a different experience. It was too much for you. I get it. (laughs) Maybe we'll get the video back here next time. Anyway, it's Wednesday, June the 9th. You have a great wednesday unless of course you've made other plans talk to you later